from the professional writing program at the University of Toronto Mississauga, it's The Reverse Sting, a story told in four parts by Maeve Doyle. Part 1. The Opportunity In 1991, the RCMP's Mississauga Drug Squad conducted a reverse sting. The reverse sting resulted in the arrests of two men, Campbell and Chirose, and the seizure of vehicles, a weapon, and $270,000 in cash. In the reverse sting, the police provided people already engaged in a criminal activity with the opportunity to commit an offense. The problem was that in 1991, the reverse sting was illegal and the guy in charge was Kevin. Kevin, by the way, is not his real name. A now-retired RCMP sergeant, Kevin wanted the story to be not about him, but about the case that resulted in Parliament's approval of an advanced investigative technique. First, though, you need to know a little about Kevin's background that made him uniquely qualified to make this happen. I first met Kevin at the gym. He was doing a post-workout stretch on a stretching table. I knew Kevin was a cop by the tiny medallion that hangs from a chain he wears around his neck. I think those miniature gold shields are like a secret handshake. Cops wear them to let other cops know they're cops. For this story, The Reverse Sting, I asked Kevin how he came to join the RCMP. Kevin told me that he grew up in Sudbury, and when he turned 18, he went to work at a mine. His first day on the job, he learned that, one, he didn't like coffee, and two, he didn't want to work in a mine. So at 19, Kevin applied to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. A Mountie he knew told him that most people applied out of university, and that it was unlikely that Kevin would pass the entrance exam. Kevin wrote and passed the exam, and at 20, moved to Regina, Saskatchewan for six months of training. From Regina, he went to Jasper, Alberta for another six months, and as the junior constable there, he got the job no one else wanted, avalanche control and downhill skiing. In the event of a violent sudden death, Kevin was trained to take blood samples for drug and alcohol tests used to determine the cause of death. He liaised with the coroner's office and arranged transport of the bodies. In 1971, Kevin moved to a two-man detachment in Hinton, a pulp and paper town. Here, he spent one of the most valuable years of his career. A lot of guys I trained with went on to big cities where there were 50 to 100 people in a detachment. They didn't get the hands-on experience that I got. That's Kevin. Well, actually, that's an actor playing Kevin. The sound quality from my interview with Kevin was so bad, no one could understand what he said. Anyway, with one year of experience, Kevin was the senior constable in Hinton. He got to run the court there. Every week he assumed the role of court officer. He took his detachment's cases to the judge and got first-hand experience talking to a judge. If the judge saw Kevin make a mistake, he would take him aside later and tell him how to manage something better. From Hinton, Kevin moved to Bonneville, where he stayed for three years. It was the Wild West back then, okay? It was crazy. In the early 1970s, there were no paramedics. Volunteers drove the ambulances and staffed the fire departments. When Kevin got to a scene, he was the first responder, and all he had was a police car with a first aid kit in the back. Kevin's the kind of guy who likes to think and who took every opportunity to learn, and in 1978, 
This is where Kevin's training becomes really important. He moved to North Bay, Ontario to run the drug section and hone advanced investigation skills like undercover work and wiretaps. Then he was asked to go to Ottawa to join the quality assurance team. In Ottawa, he reviewed criminal files to ensure that investigations were conducted within the legal boundaries of the law and within a timely manner. So you've got an RCMP constable who likes to think first and shoot, well, never. He headed up a drug section for four years and spent six years evaluating the legality of investigations when, in 1982, the Canadian Constitution is patriated from the United Kingdom. Stay with me. According to the Department of Justice website, until 1982, Canada was governed by the British North America Act of 1867. Any major changes to the Act, like law reform, could only be made in the British Parliament, in London, England. Well, with the patriation of the Constitution, Kevin saw his first opportunity. He wrote a proposal to allow police to use reverse investigation techniques to gather evidence against people predisposed to commit crimes. He submitted the proposal to his senior officer. But the senior officer, who had spent his career working under the tradition of the British North America Act of 1867, disagreed, and the proposal went no further. Two years later, Kevin transferred to Toronto's organized crime group. He moved to Hamilton, where he was in charge of the Covert Intelligence Group for five years. Then he moved to Mississauga to head up the drug section. And in 1991, a second opportunity presented itself. Senior, uh, executives in a drug trafficking organization wanted to buy one ton of drugs, and Kevin just happened to have five in his vault. Next on The Reverse Sting, in part two, The Setup. A member of the Mississauga Drug Squad meets with a federal Department of Justice lawyer to discuss the consequences of a reverse sting. The Reverse Sting, written, produced, and narrated by Maeve Doyle. Kevin, played by Sean Hunt. A crime scene, music by Jeff Harvey. This girl, ambient sound by Catastrophe. Thanks to Basir Big, John Balhan, Peter Cadmaris, Gary Chaters, Michael Corrin, Mark Dreyer, Alexia Lumancus, Robert Martins, Rahul Sethi, Shelley Wall, Nicholas Woolrich, Adam Zunder. And I'm Connor Cadmaris. <laughs>